Dee Dee Moonflyer here. Welcome to the Twilight Tonic Podcast. As always, I have a freshly brewed batch of the strange and unusual to share with you. So grab your favorite tonic, step inside the broom closet, and let's get started. Today on Twilight Tonic, we are talking to Julie Peters from Clearwater Serenity from Fort Wayne, Ohio. She's an amazing lady with so much knowledge. And today she is talking about shamanism, one of her greatest passions. And believe me, she's an amazing teacher. So Julie, please tell me a little bit about yourself. Well, I'm a very blessed uh, lady that has been very, very blessed throughout my life with not only experiences, but profound training by some of the best healers, teachers, shamans, uh, healers in the world. And um, to have that unfold for me uh, is going to go into the topic that we're talking about today. Mm -hmm. Um, My life is lived as a shamanism type of life. And being fortunate enough to train under this um, has been such an unbelievable blessing. And uh, all my life experiences till now, I really believe, has led me up to the work that I do and and the beautiful unfolding that spirit has brought the teachers and healers to myself to learn so that I can turn around and teach others. Um In shamanism, we call it the path of the wounded healer. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people that are very drawn or have this mission in life uh, have been through a lot of experiences in their life. Uh, In shamanism, we call it initiations or uh, dismemberments. And it helps cultivate us with compassion to work with not only ourselves, but with others in the world as a whole. So I'm just a humble vessel and hollow bone to teach and to help heal people so they can be the best versions of themselves. Yes, and that's one amazing thing when I started taking classes with you that you had said, and it really opened my eyes. Thank you. I, you know, I really believe that with all that I've been through and also been so blessed with the training by some of the best, best shamans and uh, people in the world um, to be able to teach this and teach people tools, Mm -hmm. you know, um, and heal people so that they can help themselves. Julie, who have you studied with so people can look them up? Oh, absolutely. I've had many, many, many (laughs) blessed (laughs) teachers along my path, and I'm so, so lucky and blessed to be cross-trained in many areas. And again, I don't believe that's an accident. You know, Mm -hmm. I did not choose the life that I've been doing, well, of the shamanism path. I mean, I think I chose it before I was born because of my belief system, but I really consciously did not choose this. This chose me. And I've spent the last 25 years um, 
not realizing that I was training to allow my unfolding of my calling and my mission in life. Um, so it's really interesting that um, it has led me to this, and I am so grateful because it's been really totally life-changing mm-hmm. uh, uh, on this. Wow. Um, can you remember your first teacher oh, that I'm you started sorry. with? Oh, that's okay. You did. You did ask me about the teachers. <laughs> you can tell I'm ADD too a little bit. It's but, okay. Uh, <laughs> I celebrate uh, mine. <laughs> I do too because it makes us so special and unique, doesn't it? Yeah, I'm but, unique. Yes. <laughs> um, I've had a lot of training. I had a Hawaiian shaman that I actually, uh, him and I went to classes together out west. I mm-hmm. had to do all my training in shamanism and a lot of my training out west because back then and still now there's virtually no training in this in the midwest and that's why i think it's such a uh, passion for me to share this beautiful ancient wisdom and healing and knowledge and way of life and um but the teacher that i learned the most from was um, sandra ingerman mm-hmm. and she is Totally amazing. I I trained under her several times a year for almost 18 years, and I went out west um, to train under her. You can look her up on Mm SandraIngerman.com. She has dedicated her entire life um, for since 1980 to to do this work, and she has her website I think is in 14 languages Wow! and she has devoted her entire life to make this world a better place and the earth and to help and heal um, us humans and to reintroduce this powerful ancient wisdom that can be totally life changing on how you live your life with more grace and ease and um but I've had a lot of teachers, but she's she's the one that I would mention the most, you know, about mm-hmm. uh, the Hawaiian shaman. I, we were blessed to bring him here for several years from California. Uh, he did come to our center and, and taught for several years. And um, it was just another aspect of shamanism. And, and like I said, we only have a short time to talk about it, but it is so vast and uh, it is so amazing. And what is his name, Julie? Um, Larry Hughes. Okay. That's awesome. And I had another teacher uh, that was really profound, too. She, um, there's many facets uh, to shamanism. um, And since it's been around 100,000 years, it predates any religion, any spiritual practice any healing or medical practice and everything in my opinion and from what i have been trained everything stems from shamanism it's it's and it is not a religion it is a way of life and wisdom and guidance and healing practice or way of life and mm-hmm. uh, but uh that's uh, betsy bergstrom out of oregon mm-hmm. in Washington. um she comes at it from more of a uh, Nordic and a mediumship and uh, even though shamanism is basically about mediumship but it it really she comes from a beautiful mix of mediumship and Nordic shamanism and and then with my training in the Hawaiian shamanism and Sandra like I said you know with 40 years <laughs> of training right. and experience um, is and and most of my teachers, including the Hawaiian shaman and um, the uh, Sander Ingerman, they are 40-year licensed psychologists mm-hmm. on top of it. So, and it's interesting, a lot of my teachers in uh, on my path have been licensed psychologists. So it, I find it's such a beautiful blend uh, of learning uh, to work with people uh, from the psychology end of it and from this ancient wisdom and healing, too. Right. Like religion, let's say, for example, Christianity, they have rules. And shamanism, do they have rules so people have a better understanding 
of it? You know, that's an excellent question. Um, no, they really don't have rules because basically all the power is with the helping compassionate spirits. It's not with us. Okay. We have to learn to work on ourselves and be the hollow bone. Now, the only uh, rules, I don't know if that word is fitting for this, um, there's two things that I've been taught that's very disrespectful disrespectful to spirit. And the two things that I think are, are really major to be successful in embracing this way of life and wisdom and healing is um, you have to become humble. You have to get out of your ego. Ego, uh, the helping compassionate spirits will not work with you. And you got to realize it's really not about you. It's about a greater power and wisdom and healing that we bring through us. Mm-hmm. And the, um, the other thing is you never call yourself a shaman. Mm-hmm. It is total disrespect. The community can call you one. Oh. But uh, you can never call yourself one because that is pure ego. And, um, and while I'm on the topic, there is no such thing as a PhD in shamanism. Well, you're going to have spirit come down and, and sign. <laughs> sign. There is no certification because the power isn't with the human. It, right. It's with the compassionate spirits. Exactly. You know, and that's so. I mean, I wouldn't call them rules, but it is just a knowing uh, that it's not authentic. If you get into the ego or call yourself a shaman, or you know, it's not authentic. You know, it, it is uh, trying to be a wannabe. You know, right? <laughs> so you know, that's the big thing. And and again, there's no certification because of the power is with spirit and and not with us humans. That makes se. such sense. Um, the thing I find interesting is the lack of education in this. What would you Absolutely. tell someone that was fearful of the word shamanism or with spirituality of this kind? There's so much, I wouldn't say, I would say ignorance in a sense that I wish the world would celebrate it more and try to understand it. I believe even in Christianity, there's shamanism. There's no question because it stems from shamanism. It yes. comes from shamanism. They do uh, ceremony. They do rituals. They, mm-hmm. you know, uh, they do. They burn sage. <laughs> yes, they do frankincense. You know, you know there is so uh, frankincense, and you know Jesus was even given frankincense and myrrh, and that's you know mm-hmm. definitely uh, embracing of shamanism also. But um, there is a lot of common threads. But you know, as humans, we want to divide everything and think what we think is the only way of thinking now i'm kind of going to put my little thing in here and i've said it many times in class and you probably heard it um you can't believe everything you read on google exactly okay you know um i believe i have a very strong love-hate relationship with the internet and i used to think it was my age but i don't think it is. <laughs> i think i think that it is uh because anybody could put anything on there, even with no training, no knowledge, no nothing, or just to be mean and spiteful, oh, you yes. know, and I, you know, to describe shamanism is so hard because it's so vast. I mean, it's a hundred thousand years old. It's been mm-hmm. around that long because it's amazing ancient wisdom and healing that is totally powerful. Right. That can heal things, not band-aid things. And, you know, it's it's just so... And I, I tried to go on the Internet many years ago to see if I can come up with a little shortened version of trying to explain it. And, you know, I have 25 years, 20 to 25 years of training and experience, and I'm still learning because right. that's how fast it is. And um, so, but... I went on the internet and I was totally astounded at, I would say three-fourths of what was on the internet was incorrect from my 20 to 25 years of training Mm -hmm. and experience. And again, I don't know anything or everything by any means, but I do have some background in this. And I was astounded at the inaccuracy. And no wonder people are afraid, Mm -hmm. you know? And 
in shamanism, we're also taught that words are very powerful. We need to use them to empower and heal people, not to, you know, damage them. Right. Um, so, you know, and there was a lot of stuff on there that's scary. And, you know, I'm from Fort Wayne, Indiana, too, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's like I grew up here and I understand. And, you know, I know that when I first brought this to Fort Wayne, I had uh, and I started trying to teach this and, and do this. And it's very heart centered. It, it's very heart centered uh, ancient wisdom. It just one. It's about healing and guidance and community and people mm-hmm. being there for each other. Now, how bad is that not needed now? Oh, very, you know? very bad. <laughs> and um, but when I first started trying to get my center up and going, I had eight hundred petitions against me. I wow. had um, zoning turn me down mm-hmm. uh, for no reason other than you know social opinion and but you know people are fearful they were fearful of me that i was bringing something in that was so out of the midwest box you know right and uh even so and it's interesting because i'm still standing and this was like 18 years ago wow Uh, and there's still a lot of fear around it and Mm -hmm. i think a lot of it is the word um I don't even like to use the word shamanic practitioner because it sounds demonic, okay? And people associate things with their thinking. And I use the word shamanism a lot instead of shamanic practitioner because I think it's a little softer and not as scary. And and I teach in classes. I really am very... I truly want to be empowering with my words. And, you know, I'm not perfect, but I try real hard to... To be empowering, and and I think that we all need to be empowering of each other. But I think, the, you know, this is just so out of the thing for the Midwest. You know, is what I believe it is. But you know, God and Spirit evidently wanted me to do it, or yes, <laughs> I be doing it. But you know, I am so blessed. You know, I do feel that um, I used to have. I well, not used to. I still have people fly in from all over uh, to get healing sessions of a soul retrieval or healing or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they'll fly in from like out west, and they'll fly in because they heard about me, and I, I, and they'll say, "Why are you in Fort Wayne, Indiana?" Because <laughs> you're needed. <laughs> well, yeah, and that's what I said. So you don't think Indiana needs somebody to spread the healing and the light here, also? You know, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> but and see, that's the thing. You know, I don't know. I, I, I just think that, you know, the Midwest is always a little bit more on the catch-up side, possibly, in some areas, you know. All right. One of my questions is, and what people don't realize, is shamanism comes in every culture oh. around the world. Yeah. Many, it's been ongoing. Yeah, in, many in people many only cultures. associate it with the Native community, which I have, of course, as you know, a lot of respect for. I do, too. Um, it's, but shamanism in Native American is actually quite different. Yes. Can you explain it, that to people? A lot of people don't understand that. And, you know, and since we're very heavy Native American here in the Midwest, I have had some experiences with Native American people because they um, they don't understand shamanism also. Um, the shamanism in the Western culture in the United States is really very heavily similar to Native American with the drumming and the rattling. And, you know, in Native American, they call it a medicine man or woman. Okay. Mm -hmm. And basically that's what a shaman or a shamanic practitioner is, you know, uh, just to give words of association. Uh, But shamanism predates Native American. Now, again, it's going to make a lot of Native Americans unhappy, but it's true because it's 100,000 years old. Mm-hmm. So, and a lot of the beautiful traditions come from shamanism, but I think we get set in our way of life or thinking or the way we're raised from generation to generation that we kind of close our thinking off a little bit. And, um, but in 
in North America and United States, uh, we're very, very similar in a lot of our approach on it. But at the end of the day, it's kind of the same thing. We want to help our community and we want to help heal and guide people. A shaman is uh, like the medicine man is in in a a Native American. Um, It's just, it's kind of two different things. It's like, you know, Buddhism versus shamanism. Mm-hmm. Is there an aspect of Buddhism in shamans? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's aspects. You know, at the end of the day, the, all the roads go to the light. Okay. And a lot of, uh, I've had people like, I was looking to bring Betsy Bergstrom or somebody here, and I wanted to find a place mm-hmm. to have a big enough place to have people and then have people have lodging and stuff. And I was really looking around, and there's really not a lot. In, you know in Indiana that could house people and have a place well I went to the Buffalo Ranch up in what is that Angola Uh uh-huh yes and because I thought that would be beautiful Mm -hmm. with the land and the buffalo and and I just went up there because they had a little place up there in a restaurant and I had never been up there and I thought well I'll go and check this out and see if they have a little bit of lodging available and stuff and, and see if they have a meeting room where we could do this and I met the gentleman uh, that was working there, uh-huh. and um, I have learned that I have to be careful because uh, when I say what I do, people jump to judgment right away. Or uh, you know, yes. So I just said I needed a meeting room, and and uh, you know, I was kind of going with the spiritual, which wasn't a lie, and going with the spiritual exactly. Thing. But obviously, I, I just had this intuitive feeling that he was going to get defensive if he knew what I was doing. Uh, and but when, but I'm not going to be dishonest about it. So when we're walking out towards the meeting room uh, that he had supposedly, uh, he turned around and um, he says, "So what are you going to be teaching?" And I I hesitated and I said, "Shamanism." And he immediately got mad at me. What? He goes, we're the real medicine men. And oh. I'm like, okay, I don't think this is going to be the right atmosphere for us to do this. No. You know? So, and, and I'm not saying all Native Americans are that way. Most of right. them are very enlightened and realize that we're all of the light and we're all in this to do the same thing. And um, But there is a difference. Now, in Europe, and you're exactly right, this has been going ongoing for a hundred thousand years, but mm-hmm. we actually lost it in the United States for many, many, many generations and stuff. Right. And um, what I believe is how it got reintroduced back into the United States and in other cultures, it's, it's quite different. And and I'm not going to be lying to you to say that um, that some of it is. Um, there's sorcerers in other countries. It's like any other thing in our lives. There's right. the there's a light and dark of everything, and and I'm not saying one's better or worse or whatever, but there is always the yin and yang and the light and dark. And there's other cultures where it is, you know, there is a witchcraft to it. There's a sorcery to it. Again, mm-hmm. I'm not judging. I'm just saying there is that aspect, but not all of them over in Europe. Just some of them, you know. Sure. And, um, and, and, you know, it's like even in our culture, way we live our lives, they're different over there. Right. So, you know, and it's the same thing with this beautiful ancient modality. And the shamans, the indigenous are very, very amazing and we can learn so much from them. But, um, but Dr. Michael Harner was an archaeologist and he was over in the, doing digs in, other cultures uh i think back in the 60s and Mm -hmm. um he was doing digs and he was getting acquainted with the indigenous shamans and the cultures over there and he just totally and again i don't think it was an accident totally Mm -hmm. got um really educated and a lot of knowledge uh, on shamanism, and he brought it back to the United States and uh, started a uh, foundation of shamanic studies in California. 
and he was trying to, which, you know, the out West has always been a little bit more open. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so a lot of this, but he was teaching, <clears throat> Uh, this and practicing in this and trying to train people in this and from what he had learned and for as far as my knowledge he's the original one that brought it back I'm not saying it went here before but I'm just saying he brought it back Mm -hmm. into the United States Um, and he and I was able actually when I first started my journey that's where I started was the foundation of shamanic studies well Hmm. in 1980 um, my teacher, Sandra Ingerman, she's so, she's such an amazing teacher and healer. And, uh, she talks about, um, because shamans are actually storytellers, you know, like right. even the medicine men and the elders in the native community, they share stories to educate people. And, and that's what we're taught. And, uh, but anyway, Sandra Ingerman was going after her second degree in 1980, I believe it was 1980 or yeah, 1980. She was going after her second degree in oceanology, I think is what it was. <laughs> anyway, somebody told her that there was this shaman or shaman, you know, that was teaching a class on something that she never even heard of, but it was two easy units. Uh-huh. <laughs> so this was a long two easy units. It's 40 years later. But anyway, <laughs> she took this class and she was immediately drawn to it and hooked to it and it changed her life that day forward and it's just like from my first days of these classes it has totally changed me and my life and I'd like to say for the definitely for the better and Mm -hmm. I'm going to continue learning and being better but she started that and as she ended up she would travel um, for 25 years she traveled like 44 weeks out of the year Wow. to other countries to teach this and uh she was ended up uh being the head educational director uh of the foundation of shamanic studies and that's when i first started taking classes with her and other shamans but she's definitely notably amazing uh the best um but anyway so she kind of went off on her own and mm-hmm. uh, and started her own thing and i'm uh, a graduate of her teacher program. I was very honored to be the second class of her. That's teaching. so cool. But she has been such an inspiration about our earth, about our world, and about humanity. And and taking this ancient practice, which is the reason why it's been around 100,000 years, because it's not about us humans. It's about a higher power that right. we connect with. And it is so aptable, especially now, you know. And I think that's why the word really needs to get out. We need to reach back for some of these ancient wisdoms and healings to to get us back on track to where we should be. Exactly. I, I really believe that also. Tell people it's really hard for people to understand when you tell them I'm going to a class, I'm, I'm I'm studying this. This is of interest of me. People have, because of where our location is, there is a fear. How would you tell them if I wanted to promote your classes? Because things are going to be back to normal at some point, and you got to keep teaching. Um, what to expect? I think they're expecting. Right. And, you know, I, that is is such a really good question because I have faced that almost every week for the last Mm -hmm. 20 years Oh yeah. because people are very uh, fearful. And I try to tell people we are fearful of things we do not understand. Knowledge is going to create, I think fear is lack of knowledge. Let's just put it that way. Oh, yes. I think. Fear is lack of knowledge, but people don't understand that because we've been so programmed. And I think that since I didn't, you know, I'm not knocking religious upbringing. I'm just saying Mm -hmm. because of my childhood, I didn't have a lot of uh, religious training. And it was I think it was easier for me to move into this because I didn't have another layer to unravel to be open to this and I just tell people that I am God-centered and we're dealing with God and the angels and spirit and um, I just I, I be very I try to be very careful with my words because I want them to know is 
nothing to be fearful for. It's just, I, it's, shamanism is about evolving our soul within, healing our soul within. Mm-hmm. And then when we get to the point where we're doing some work on ourselves, then we're able to maybe possibly, if it's our calling, to help people, help them, yeah. and teach them tools to be, you know, it's all about being, you know, a better person or being the best version of ourselves. And that's what this is all about. And, and people don't know because it's scary because the name uh, is, is so unfamiliar. It's so different. And I just keep reassuring them. It's a very loving, it's very compassionate. It's very heart centered. You know, I have had been blessed even here in the Midwest, many priests, shamans and ministers come to me. And I, it makes my heart so happy. I mean, they've even taken a lot of classes with me. Mm-hmm. And I was actually, and um, I had a nun coming to me uh, for classes and services, and she was beautifully open to this because she knows there is no separation right. between religion and spirituality. People want to separate it. Right. But this lady was so unbelievably beautiful she she was very devoted to her religion but she was also a very spiritual woman and she didn't do the divide and she would come to classes in just kind of a black dress you know you didn't know Mm -hmm. she was a and i get a um a lot of different religious type people coming and i'm blessed because my classes are never about religion as you know right it's all about empowering ourselves with knowledge so that we can live life with more grace and ease and and learn things to help us teach us tools to live a better life but anyway i had um sometimes i get um i'm just going to bring up the catholic and i'm not knocking because i raised my kids catholic and i was Uh, raised catholic for a short time too so i i understand i I converted to get married and you know and there's a lot of things that i do like about it because Mm -hmm. It's very similar to shamans. Yes, it is. But, uh, but anyway, the um, there's a lady that really wanted to be in class, but she had so much fear that it's against the Bible, it's against her uh-huh. religion, and this and that. And I was trying to ask God and Spirit for the right words to, you know, to reassure her that this is nothing against her religion. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, uh, this beautiful nun said, Julie, may I speak to her? I says, well, absolutely. She goes, I am a nun for 30 years, and I wouldn't be sitting here if I felt that Julie would do anything to jeopardize or uh, derail or whatever uh, my belief systems. Right. She's, She's here because she wants to help people to be the best people they are, and it's nothing to do with the religion. And I was so grateful that she was there. Right. And you know, I, I've had, like I said, priests that have come for soul retrievals and healings and classes and uh, ministers from different religions. And, of course, these obviously in the Midwest have to be kind of open, a little bit more open than the average. But I'm, I'm really, um, over the last 20 years, I do see it getting better and better, but there's still a lot of fear around it. Right. I remember as a child... Um, before my mom suffered from a lot of things, I was Catholic till I was 13. And before I, I went through confirmation, she sat me down and she goes, I'm going to introduce you to many religions. You pick one and decide because it goes to the same source. Now I was blessed because she had, she had studied Edgar Casey and Course in Miracles and had gone to classes and she brought us to Hindu temple, a Muslim mosque, a Wiccan ceremony, um, Buddhism, all of those religions. She said it just goes to the same source, something that you had just said, which I think is very important for people to realize. Good is good. There's many paths that go to the light. I mean, yeah, Yeah. (laughs) you know, and who are we to judge what resonates with people in their journey? Yes, exactly. Exactly. Tell people... I've had people tell me they just picture people running around banging on drums and dancing naked. I'm sure you've heard that too as well. 
<laughs> I'm like, no, that's well, not what, what know, the class is. <laughs> I've been there 25 years, and I've never seen anybody naked drumming. But you know, <laughs> I don't know if I want to. <laughs> Well, you definitely don't want to see me do it. No, but anyway, me neither. But, uh, you know, to me, uh, I honestly hadn't heard that in all my years in this. But, again, I think that there's a lot of one thing gets manifested into such an untruth that uh, that people believe it if they hear it enough or whatever. Sure. And now, um, do we use drums? Yes. yes. Do we use rattles? Yes. Um, do we do in Australia, they use click sticks and in other cultures they use didgeridoos, but some people do sing and dance Mm -hmm. as part of the ceremony, but I've never seen it naked. It's about a celebration of, of love and connection with, with God's source energy or whatever your belief system is, you know, and of a higher power. And, and again, it's, if you're truly on your path, you're not going to judge others. But, you know, unfortunately, we're taught that in our culture, too. Mm-hmm. But um, what to me, it's just it's it's not about an agenda or uh, ego or, or anything else. To me, it's about learning wonderful ancient tools to, again, be a to heal ourselves because it's almost impossible no matter how you're raised not to have some kind of damage done you know you know to think that you've had a perfect life that's your first wound yes (laughs) exactly you know and uh at some spectrum everybody has things to work on and heal because there's so much ancestral imprinting Mm -hmm. and uh patterns and cycles and that's the beautiful thing about shamanism since we're dealing with a higher source of knowledge and healing and guidance you know um they actually i've seen so many miracles that you know even after all these years i still get the wow factor going on you know um but we we believe in shamanism 80 percent of the illnesses and the physic mentally or emotionally or physically or whatever, we believe eighty percent starts with a spiritual problem, and then it manifests in disease because something's going to give. Right. And shamanism don't we go in and we we want to look at what is not in harmony either with the earth or with us humans. We want to go in and if we're helping another. Uh, we want to go in and look for what is out of harmony within the body or the mind or the earth. We want to go in and heal, not band-aid it, you know, don't take a pill, Mm -hmm. go in and heal it right? to bring it back in harmony. Because what happens is something has happened. Usually it's in shamanism, we believe it's one of three things or a combination Mm -hmm. that creates an imbalance within the body or the earth, you know? Um, so. Julie, and, what are the three things? Yeah, we, and, and I'm glad that, you know, we got into this because I think it's super important. We believe in shamanism that what creates um, a woundedness or a void or a um, emotional or physical problem. Uh, the first one is, um, taking on well okay uh losing our power our power Mm -hmm. animals leave us okay and after i get done naming these three things remind me and i'll go back and explain a little bit more about power animals okay um i believe when we're born now again this you don't have to believe what i'm saying if it resonates with you wonderful if if it doesn't i totally respect that but through my training experience i believe that we're born with two guardians Mm-hmm. And two power animals that are that chose to be with us our whole lifetime and to help us, but we need to ask for their help. But we, I believe, they're there for us permanently. Now, as we go through life, we have many other angels, teachers, and guides, and uh, ascended masters, and uh, and power animals that come and help us with different. It's like they got job duties, like the angels okay. do. Yes. They have job duties. Okay, so 
just say you uh, you have two original power animals or you've acquired more. Well, when the main ones wander off, we believe because they bring us power, they bring us properties. And uh, when they wander off or they get frustrated with us, sometimes I wonder if you think, you know, they get <laughs> frustrated with us, like, for being so stupid sometimes. <laughs> they just said, oh, okay, I've had enough, you know, and leave. I don't know if that's the case. I joke about it, but then I still wonder, to be honest with you. But when they wander off, that creates power loss, okay? Mm-hmm. Now, when we have power loss within our soul, what happens is that we can get chronic illnesses, mm-hmm. uh, we can get chronic bad luck, um, we can have emotional issues, physical issues, you know, depression, uh, some kind of bipolar or whatever. You know, a lot of this can creep into our our soul and and create problems. And then, of course, we make really bad choices when this all is happening so power loss is one of the things um that can create emotional or physical problems okay the the second thing which can be additionally too is that we take on intrusive energies that are not in harmony with us okay everything's energy so there's a whole plethora of different kinds of energies i'm trying to simplify this a little bit um We can take on, you know, energy cords. People can send us energy cords, um, not even knowing it or knowingly. You know, everything's invisible, so everybody don't think this stuff is real, but it really is. Mm -hmm. Uh, We can take on intrusions. Intrusions, to me, are negative thought forms that come from alive people. And just to give you a for instance, like when... When we're driving in, somebody has road rage, okay? So they start yelling and screaming and putting this anger and this really low vibrational energy out to the world. I consider that like poisonous daggers. Not only is it going out into our world that can slap onto somebody else, but you're also taking it on within. Yes. Okay, so it's kind of a double damage there. Uh, And this is why people need to learn not to suppress things, but to learn to work with them and transmute them, you know, um, and so forth. But um, so, and we take, that's just a few things that we take on. And then um, we also have, like when we suppress stuff, we create misplaced energy within our body or our minds and after a while that's going to turn into disease or something something, again something's going to give and the one thing that you know i want to go into but i don't want to make people fearful is uh we take on lost souls yes that didn't make it to heaven or the light in the three-day window of time that we're not taught um and they get trapped between the worlds. We're third dimension with uh, our spirit in a body and heaven or the light or spirit or whatever your source, whatever your belief system is, that's fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, and ninth dimension. Okay. The in-between worlds is the fourth dimension. Okay. I don't believe in hell per se like everybody mm-hmm. is taught or whatever. I believe that if you're not in your body which is third dimension, and then you're not in heaven or light when you do die, and um, and you do not transition over successfully over there, which is the fifth, sixth, seventh day. You get trapped after three days in between the worlds without a body, and you need energy to survive because our, our, our physical body is like this blue energy bucket, and when we don't have that body, we get trapped in between the world and we need energy to survive in this horrible, dark, awful place. Mm-hmm. And that's, to me, that's the hell. Okay. And a lot of people don't go to the light because they're afraid that they're going to go to hell, which is where they're going to end up technically. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of people don't know they're dead. A lot of people uh, don't want to leave loved ones behind unfinished business. Um, suicide uh there's a lot of reasons why people don't go to the light in three days and the light closes forever until a person that knows how to psychopomp which is leading on the souls it's an ancient grecian word mm-hmm. or shaman that is trained it not all shamans are trained in it right uh to psychopomp but you know and a lot of 
uh, shamanic practitioners don't like to do it because it's a little dangerous. It took me eight years to learn how to do it. But anyway, um, so, and I don't want to make people fearful. Just know that we come from the light and we're supposed to go back to the light eventually. So just, you know, know that if the light ever appears, just go to the light, you know? And, um, so these people that did not have a successful transition, because I believe what happens to us when we die, we have a panoramic life review. Mm-hmm. Once we go to the light, okay, the successful transition. You have a panoramic life review of everything you did uh, and learned or whatever, and it's not a judgment. It's looking at what you have learned, okay? Then you go to a spirit hospital to heal the soul, whether you have cancer or mental illness or depression or uh, whatever, you mm-hmm. heal your soul, okay? Then you go to spirit school to learn everything you have or have not learned and whether you're going to reincarnate or on how to navigate around in these other dimensions. Um, so this is a beautiful transition, but sometimes it can take a while. Mm-hmm. But that's a successful transition in spirit. But those that did not go to the light that are trapped in that fourth dimension, um, they... Um, they still, whatever's wrong with them is still wrong with them. Like whether they have cancer or mental illness or addictions or whatever, everything's wrong with them. And they're all scrambling. It's scary. It's dark. It's awful there. And I have validation from lost souls all the time that describe that to me. And, uh, so they're looking for energy to survive in this horrible place. And a lot of times they will go to a host of great energy and like a house, for instance, Mm -hmm. um, a house is um, has a lot of electricity and a lot of that type of thing, okay? So these haunted houses with these ghosts that people talk about, those are originally alive beings of some kind, you know, and uh, bad or good or indifferent because they're still how they are. And I think it's even stoked up more there. But we can have very loving, kind people there, but it's still a scary, awful place for them. Right. When I was learning how to cross people over and to psychopomp people um, many years ago in Oregon, um, the first person that I successfully was able to cross over was a Viking. So hmm. does that kind of explain to you how long you can be trapped there? Oh, yeah. <laughs> a <laughs> now, long I time. Also had, and I always laugh because I, the second person that I was training to try to cycle pump across this person had an alien attached to them mm-hmm. and i do i believe in aliens yes but was it ever my path to really learn about it a lot no so you have to communicate with them intuitively to get them to go with the spirit guides to cross over right and I, this, this this basically this alien was laughing at me so you know it was <laughs> I had to go get my teacher, you know, to take care of because I couldn't do it. But again, it took a lot of time. But so anyway, what happens is the host of choice for these lost souls is um, the human body. And I, I, I don't mean to scare people. I want to mm-hmm. empower people with knowledge here. And we are a spirit and a body, and we are a thousand times more powerful than these lost souls. But we don't recognize it, and fear will weaken us. And I just think that we are more powerful than any of these spirit guides. So if you ever feel any kind of ache or pain or anything, uh, uh, shift in a mood, depression, some of that time, that stuff, uh, headaches are usually a big sign Mm -hmm. if you get a headache out of nowhere. Uh, that's a sign that some kind of energy is trying to come in, whether it's an intrusion, a cord, or one of these lost souls. And you want to immediately take your power and say, I reject you, I reject you, I reject you, go now, and keep repeating it. I haven't had a headache in 20 years because I reject it whether or not it's, you know, um, out of harmony energy coming in or, uh-huh. or, or not. So I don't want any of that to come in. So I haven't figured out how to lose weight with this, but I did. <laughs> <laughs> but I did figure out that if you do reject it, you you have a very good odds of getting rid of it. The biggest thing is learning spiritual protection very strongly, yes. and rejecting when things don't feel right, um, because these lost souls, 
they're not going to try and attach to you if uh, if you're very resistant to attach to. Mm-hmm. There's millions of other people out there that they can attach to that would be easier. So the biggest thing is you want to make sure your home and yourself as resistant as possible. Because when they attach to us or our home, they're going to create problems, whether they're a past loved one or not. They need to be in the light. They need to be psychopomped over. Okay. And the average person doesn't know how to do that. But the biggest thing is to get it off of you and, and your loved ones and out of your home exactly. and uh, and stuff. And the thing is, it, they can, you think how many people die a day that don't go to the light in three days? Oh, Lord. There's probably <laughs> so many. There's such an epidemic of it. And I think that is contributing to the anger and the neg. Now, I'm not saying it's the whole thing, but I'm just saying that people start acquiring more and more and more of these lost souls. On an average healing, on a first healing, people have 9 to 12 lost souls on them. Wow. And, I mean, you can't carry around cords and intrusions and heavy energy in their order field. You cannot function in a healthy way emotionally or physically carrying this stuff, even though it's invisible, you know, mm-hmm. and, you know, a lot of times, you know, people are always shocked at how much lighter they feel after spiritual healing when it's done by a qualified and trained person, you know, mm-hmm. um, and we use predominantly shamanism, blind shamanism, but when spirit and myself as a vessel do a spiritual healing, we use about 12 different ancient modalities in addition to the shamans, shamanism and the Hawaiian shaman, but obviously that's the most, and I, I, we use Reiki also, but the shamanism is the powerhouse and yes. spirits doing the work anyway. So, and then, um, that, that's taken on that, that's serious, <laughs> causing yeah. problems because and it's so crazy. I seen, it's funny because I was looking on Facebook and I was seeing somebody that I actually know uh, that lives out east is dealing with some kind of a, um, I think, brain cancer. He, mm. He's upset. But he's going in for chemo and radiation. And he made a statement that validated everything that I believe. And I, but I've heard this more and more. I mean, I hear this weekly, but just to see it in writing right before I went ready to talk to you, it was just really interesting. I don't believe in accidents, but anyway, he was going to say that he's a little bit nervous about it, but his wife died 20 years ago from the same disease and that he feels that she's guiding things and now he doesn't have shamanism training or anything. You know, he's spiritual a little bit, but he, he doesn't have shamanism training. Right. Or kind of knowledge. Well, he said that he has the same disease his wife had from 20 years ago that she died and that he feels that there's such better techniques and and she's helping helping along. <laughs> hmm. So, you know, the first thing I'm thinking of, she's been attached to him all these years because what the problem is, it, if we take these on and they, and they can bounce around from family members or just be a to- wrong place, wrong time and hit sure. your right. Um, or, um, but I think the problem comes in is if you get a lost soul attached to you for a really long time, mm-hmm. number one, it's normal. Nothing should be long on you, but you and your beautiful light, any of this stuff shouldn't, is going to interfere with you. But exactly. if you will take on, we believe that a, good percentage of the time if they stay on you for a lot of years you're going to take on what's wrong with them yes if i have i'm not exaggerating i it's it's like weekly i can hear this you know and see this is why it's important to take care of yourself be very mindful of how you feel and when something's not right and people need and i'm not trying to promote me but i'm just saying that you need 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 to get a healing cleansing because there's some things that you cannot do that somebody has to do on behalf of you yes that you should get a spiritual healing cleansing by a very qualified shamanic practitioner and very trained and you need to check them out just because they said they're trained and experienced they might not necessarily be. And you want to make sure whoever works on you gets a healing regularly. Yes, I, I can vouch for that. Um, I think the I've had... transference of energy is so easy. I mean, this lost soul can jump on you in a heartbeat. That's why it took me eight years. When I was yeah. learning how to psychopomp and cross these lost souls over, I they would jump on me because I did not know how to adequately protect myself, nor did I have a long, strong enough 
relationship with my spirit, psychopomp spirit guides. So it, it took me a lot. So every time I'd get a healing, I had to have a healing. <laughs> yeah. So it was really rough. And then, um, but yeah, it, it's, it's really important to do that. I personally have for the last 10 years, I have a shaman girlfriend in California that her and I took a lot of classes together for probably over 10 years. And well, it's actually longer than that. Uh, but anyway, there's only two. I know thousands of healers in this world because of the training and uh, blessings of others. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's only two people I'll let even touch me. And that's Sandra Ingerman and this shaman in California. Now, because I trust her, I know she lives, you know, the life, very the life and she, she walks her talk. And she's very good at what she does. She's a passionate healer, too. And I get a healing every two months, whether I think I need it or not, because it keeps me emotionally and physically in a good place. Plus, I don't want to transfer things to people, Mm -hmm. you know. Right. But anyway, and then um, I don't know if I talked about that enough, but the the third thing is soul loss. Mm -hmm. Um, The... So loss is happens when we have any kind of emotional or physical trauma. And the spectrum, I watched us, they're doing soul retrievals for 18 years. I'm just mind blown from how small the spectrum for the average person would think this is kind of small stuff to off the charge crazy stuff that was so abusive and damage and, and, and stuff like that. The gamut is so uniquely you of how you have soul loss. When we have soul loss, it's our psyche way of coping with what's going on in our lives, you know? Mm -hmm. And when you felt like you've never felt the same sense, you know, Um, you know, like divorce can cause it, you know, car accident can cause it, you know, emotional breakup, you know, someone dying in your family. Um, But I've had such like, really small things that I would normally think that average person can have roll off their back that actually changed the course of their whole life. I've had two men. One was 90 years old and the other one was 45. And the 45-year-old surprisingly was sent by a psychiatrist to me. That's so Uh, cool. But, well, because he trained under Sandra Ingram, but he doesn't do soul retrievals. And he told the guy, I've done all I can do. You need to go to... This lady, she's extremely trained and experienced, and she can take care of what I can't with the help of, you know. So he actually did come to me. But he had something happen to him in first grade that the average person would have thought was no big deal. And and so was a 90-year-old. He had something happen in first grade that, mm-hmm. you know, again, was the average person was thought minor, but it changed the course of their whole life of how they thought about themselves, their value and stuff like that. Um, and, but what happens is when we have these soul pieces leave, they never come back on their own. Uh. Okay. And then people take pieces of our soul. And we give away pieces of our soul because we're not taught unconditional love in our in our lives. And a lot, what I find the core soul piece, uh-huh. generally, now I'm not going to say always, but generally, is in our childhood because we didn't have the where for all, and that really really sets us up because we're really a walking wounded at this point. Right. And so what happens is that. Um, we have this soul loss, we also lose our vital essences, which I think are as important as the soul pieces, like self-love, self-value, trust, uh, confidence, mm-hmm. you know, all the sense of self, all this other stuff, forgiveness, all the stuff that we lose. And, and again, it doesn't come back. Now, do we survive? Absolutely. But we will never thrive to our full potential because we're missing 
you know, some really important parts of our tools, as I say, we're missing tools, you know, right. and you can't build a house without tools. I don't care how long you train or how long you go to counseling, and I'm not knocking counseling, but you can... You can't change it energetically unless you bring energetically your soul pieces and vital essences back to you. And it's a beautiful ancient ceremony that, again, has been around 100,000 years because this works and it's life changing. And I believe because if I had one, you know, 20 years ago, uh-huh. that it was um, changed my life and it allowed me to heal correctly. And not be a walking wounded. Because a lot of times we just suppress or, you know. Yes. But So you get all your vital essences back. You get all your soul pieces back in this beautiful ceremony. And you get two particular, two or more power animals that are specialists at being with you for the rest of your life to help you in this. Uh, Absolutely transition so anyway i i hope that wasn't too much but you know nope. i know this well remember yeah i've had two do. healings from you and a soul retrieval so you're really and if you notice i like to explain people what's going on yes because i'm the teacher in me comes out because i think it's wonderful that people understand and i think they can embrace it better yes you know now sandra ingerman is kind of the opposite that way because we're all unique you know she told us at the end of our soul retrieval classes she said you know you know the basics of doing it correctly let god and spirit help you for what helps your community Mm -hmm. and and she respects that and she just she's kind of like she thinks words dilute things and and i agree with her there's you know i'm very careful with who i'm working with because it's important for me to be the observer not to judge the observer who might get so obsessed with the words and not allow the healing to happen so you know again it's about empowerment uh with words yes well i can tell you the soul retrieval still is working on me. It will so, work for the rest of your life. Thank it you is. For yeah, it's so amazing. Um, it gets stronger every year and every year and every year for the rest of your life. That's the difference between the healing and the soul retrieval. The healing will get stronger for the rest of your life. And some people only need one. Some people might need more do years down the road. I don't know, you know, whatever. Because mm-hmm. like the priest said, we live life. He had two. So, but... Um, but I'm glad you brought that up. Now, healings are very, very important in clearings, but basically they're only temporary. They're only yeah. taking off, allowing and balancing what you've taken on. And you need, need, need to learn and educate yourself on spiritual protection. And maybe we'll talk about that sometime on one of your yeah. podcasts. But, I'd love that. Uh, spiritual protection. And that's why I'm such a mission. I do have a DVD set called awakening your true self it's my six-week class on five dvds uh-huh. that i do sell on my website and even though i've learned more and trained more still what's on there is huge on helping you with uh protecting your home and yourself and educate yourself on this and connecting with your spirit guides and angels and stuff mm-hmm. like that but go ahead julie what is your website in case people want to buy this amazing set um, it's juliescottpeters.com. Okay. I just want them to know. We'll be on my Facebook page, DD Moonflyer, and soon my um, web my website, Twilight Tonic, so people can get all your information. Well, I am so grateful for this platform to speak about this beautiful. In these times, we desperately need to heal. And there's this beautiful ancient practice of healing and guidance and uh learning and living a mm-hmm. life that i really can help that will help people through this uh probably a lot better you know now julie are you going to have any more classes on shamanism on zoom or um, um well as you know i teach over 30 some different kinds of classes yes. but uh of course shamanism is definitely my passion because i weave shamanism and everything i teach yes. um yes i'm going to be doing zoom um spirit has me during this covid you know to me it's, it's 
to me, it's kind of a divine order thing going on. You know, mm-hmm. they've been preparing me for the last three years for these changes that I've made. Um, and, um, they, and I've been told that I needed to do my work differently. Well, hello. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so, but anyway, um, so I know it's a hardship on most people, but I think this is part of my process of being a teacher mm-hmm. and, uh, and a healer. And I, I'm able to do my work long distance and it's so powerful because there's no separation and I'm just the vessel anyway, and the healings long distance and the soul retrieval, you know, I'm doing a soul retrieval next Saturday, you know, mm-hmm. um, long distance. And they're still, my regular tell me they're even more powerful than me in person because we are doing such a focus and, and spirits refining it even more. But uh, I'm going to, now that I've kind of, moved out of my brick and mortar business uh, building, which I think was part of what spirit wanted me to do for this time being. Um, and now I'm kind of got out of there. I'm going to figure out how to do zoom. As you know, I'm not very technical. So this is, this is going to be a learning curve, but I am, I am very, very know that spirit's going to push me to teach classes because I miss my my spiritual family and I miss the teaching. Uh, I'm blessed the other work, but I'm definitely going to be teaching shamanism. I'm going to be teaching a lot of other things about protection and connecting with your angels and your guides and uh, how to help you be empowered and just a lot of different different topics but definitely shamanism too yes definitely and your spiritual family misses you as well we need you out there well i i need you guys because you're an inspiration to me too well julie this has been awesome i definitely want to have you back on um and thank you so much for sharing your gift i am so grateful and i'm so appreciative of uh, you and the work that you're doing also. Thank you. Thank you. I'm very blessed.